welcome back to another episode of people's stories i'm your host priyanka ota thank you so much for joining us i hope you have fun listening to the session as well as probably get to know something more about this particular profession so yet again thank you so much for joining stay tuned and have fun everyone a very very warm welcome to another beautiful episode of people's stories thank you so much for joining i'm your host priyanka and today we have a new guest in the studio with us and it's actually a, like we are doing it physically this is the first time we are doing it so i'm super super excited about it but anyway so i'm going to introduce the guest that we have today his name is karan tipdewal he's from baruch in india but right now he's based out of germany in berlin um we've got to know each other through through common friends and i'm really really excited to have you karan thank you so much for joining thank you for having me <laughs> so before karan introduces himself i'll just give a small background so he is working as a freelancer in crm consulting area and some of the clients he's working with or has helped in few in the past are for example blinkist soundcloud um so karan now the stage is on yours uh, how would you introduce yourself i think you nailed it uh, <laughs> but yeah i am a crm consultant i work with apps like blinkist uh, i worked with hellofresh before which is a common yeah. name now uh, but yeah st- uh, mobile apps subscription based apps and i help them with sort of retention and engagement strategies okay cool yeah yeah so crm consulting is also a very i think it's like like a very niche area to work in so we'll get into the details of you know what crm consulting in general is definitely But for now let's let's get to know you more before getting to know the profession. So give us some background like how did you land in Germany and you know where you are coming from how how does that your your childhood look like? Perfect. So I come from Bharuch uh, in Gujarat which is a very small town uh, in the west part of Gujarat. Hmm. And or in the south part of Gujarat. And that's where I did most of my childhood. Okay. And I used to move around a lot as a kid. So I did my schooling in various places. And the um, moving around was because your your father or mother was in some kind of government job. Actually, that's a very weird story. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, so when I was in eighth standard, I asked my parents to put me in a boarding school. And, really? And uh, honestly, I don't know why. Uh, so that's a very funny story. Uh, we also discuss it a lot of times that um, my parents don't know where that came from because no one in my house has been to boarding school, and I don't know where it came from because none of the people I knew. were in boarding school hmm. but at that point i wanted to play cricket professionally i was good at ah, it i was playing okay. district hmm. and i wanted to i don't know where it came from but i wanted <laughs> to really go away from home and do this properly you know give it a proper shot yeah and you know uh, i'm deviating a bit but basically <laughs> we Uh, and my parents were very supportive i think hmm. like that's a big thing that will maybe come in the later parts as well but they've sort of always encouraged you to be you know they've cultivated an environment where you can be good with uncertainty and sort of risk oh, nice. right so okay i think that helped me a lot but yeah we went to several hostels and basically i got the wait veto to say okay i'm going to study in this one or not and we did like an entire scouting process <laughs> your parents look like much more modern than yeah. the parents that were in that generation right yeah definitely i'm lucky <laughs> very lucky that's really nice so right now okay so na- let's let's try to connect the dots now so you said that you are working in crm area which is like a very niche marketing specific thing that people would do you know after an mba graduation so 
so you have to tell me like what's your uh, background in terms of education what did you do as your bachelor's your masters where did you do it from and how did you find the whole you know the environment the educational environment around yourself okay yeah so i'm going to uh, just elaborate a little bit on that so i did my high school from actually france so i went i did a cultural exchange program and i went to france for a year and a half for your high school almost like so 11th and 11th and half uh, wow like what school were you studying in? no it was not <laughs> actually so that was the funny thing it was not school sponsored and i think it again goes back to like having this environment where my parents and my family have encouraged me to do a lot of stuff ah, okay. so it was my like i didn't want to go because i don't want to miss out on my friends but then mm. i think it was my dad and my mom who were like uh, hey you should go you know check it out and the the thing was that i had to come back and repeat 11th and 12th again so i would ah, lose okay. a year and a half academically Hmm. And I was I had a big problem with that because then you have all your friends graduating or looking for college and yeah. you're still in high school. But I did do that. So when I came back I had to repeat 11th and 12th and uh my friends were like a year ahead on me yeah. academically speaking. Yeah. Um but I mean I think it's it's worth it like I still got a lot out of it and I think it was definitely worth it. Hmm. But the reasoning there was okay you would my dad or my parents used to tell me that you would mind mind it right now to get that exposure but once you're back once you're 39 mm. you wouldn't care if you're 39 or 40 but that experience yeah, is going to matter right. a lot right yeah how exposed is your family in general because i don't think this is a very common thing that you know like typically parent especially indian parents they have this tendency that you should be you know keep keep progressing like i don't think parents would typically want themselves mm. that that the child goes like one year behind so there has to be a reasoning around it so how exposed were your parents and you know uh, like how, how did they decide that they want you to do an ex- like an, a course outside india for a year so i think they in terms of exposure i don't think they had anything uh, special but i mm-hmm. think it's more about the openness to the exposure they had so We, I was just telling your husband a while back but that you know we lived in a very small town so mm. we had like this one person who would always go to the countries like US or whatever and we had this uncle okay. uh, and whenever he used to come down to our house it was like we all gathered around to listen to his stories mm. but that was the limit of exposure we had in terms of people knowing getting to know people from outside okay and then this particular opportunity was and so i think my my parents views were very ahead of their times in that mm. sense and you know it was i don't know how they did it honestly so <laughs> special shout out to them uh, but but yeah they actually were very very open with uh, for, for example my mom uh, did her bcom and got married or i think she didn't even finish bcom and got married mm. my dad did a engineering from um, you know from a public university as well so mm-hmm. he did it from ld in amdabad mm-hmm. so it was not like he, they had exposure or they had access to a lot of stuff mm. but my dad was a member of uh, the rotary club which is a social organization mm. Mm. and they were running a cultural exchange program okay but he's the kind like it was running for every small kid who was there mm. but i think it was my dad who would look at that and see that as an opportunity and push me to do that you yeah. know so i think he encouraged me a lot uh, to yeah. do that at that early stage in life and well. is it common like have many of your friends done the the exchange course as well no 
so okay. not my friends but because of my dad i think it started hap- so i started it and then mm. my younger brother also went to canada for example oh nice um, also for for high school yes oh that's that's yeah. very interesting yeah and All we right. then we also had ex- since it was an exchange mm. i think that also started this whole series of foreign students yeah so we had like a student from japan who came and lived at our house for a year wow uh, also from the u.s and what year are we talking about right now this is 2006 so six, hmm. 16 years ago that's that's really interesting actually like i think you are the first person i know who's done exchange like before mba like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> usually usually yeah. you tend to know people who do exchange in mba for sure yeah. but in high school it's like a big thing yeah yeah All right so then that experience i mean that would have been a wonderful experience obviously for you yeah right? it was wonderful and like shocking because at that point i'm living in bharuch which is a very small town mm. so i had never for example i had never taken a flight before that yeah so oh, that okay. my first flight was an international flight <laughs> wow <laughs> and uh, i remember everyone in the family gathering around and telling me you know you go in that this direction or that direction yeah. and, you know stuff like that yeah but yeah anyway then i did that and um, i then i came back wanted to do IIT just because everyone wanted to do that yeah. um so i followed like the herd i guess um which everyone does and then i went to jaipur to mm. do to study for iit uh, and i was i was still good i don't think somewhere i knew i wouldn't make it because it I, the people around me who were you know you always have these coaching classes where mm. you know who's going to get into iit mm. and i couldn't relate to all of them because uh, they were very just they shared a different mindset i think in terms mm-hmm. of how sincerely they wanted to think about studies and you yeah know, yeah i i followed more logic like i always used to say okay if i got the logic i don't need to practice a lot you know i would oh, i okay. got the thing but mm-hmm. they would care a lot about other things so mm-hmm. i think yeah there was a split somewhere and i mm-hmm. knew i wouldn't get in mm-hmm. and i didn't mm-hmm. and then i <laughs> so <laughs> so i was right um, No, but then I came back and I did my graduation in construction technology from mm. uh, SEPT University, which was in Ahmedabad. Okay. Um, again, very well known. Mm. And uh, but there again, we had this question because my university had this special thing where you get to do uh, an internship mm. and a thesis. So okay. instead of four years, you have to actually do it for five years. So I've already mm. lost some years in the high school, and then I come here and <laughs> it's like, hey, it's a five-year course. Another, yeah. So we had another discussion, and again, actually, it was my parents who were like, "It's okay, you're not going to." Care. So I'm like, "Okay, now it's thirty nine to forty one, you know." <laughs> But yeah, it 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 was still them saying that yeah. at the end of the day, you come out being a better uh, engineer than other construction engineers. If that's what you are, yeah, that's what you're expecting, then go mm. for it, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think doing like a thesis and a practice an internship it gives you more. practical exposure so to say in this area and so of course it would be yeah. much more beneficial on so paper, then yeah. um should be <laughs> <laughs> all right so then you did your uh, engineering and did you then work after that or did you do your masters so uh, right after engineering mm. i everyone was looking for jobs and it was actually quite difficult to find one because every job required some experience So we always yeah, had this okay. running joke of like who actually ever gets hired. <laughs> um but then one of the crazy moments I had right after graduation was no one was ready to hire you mm-hmm. because you were you just finished something. Uh every company that I spoke to were like okay you know you are, you know nothing so we are going to uh hire you. Mm-hmm. 
and then keep you on for train you another for two two years and then you become a junior engineer or something mm. and then seemed very like something was off there and i didn't want to do construction anymore like i, I think that's what a lot of people say about engineering right like in four years at least you, you know that, that one year one thing you don't want to do right so yeah yeah and at that point i had some my life goal was to okay i become a construction engineer i mm. earn some money i become a builder you know i become rich mm. sort of thing mm. but in the fourth or fifth year i i started thinking about i started hearing about actually more and more people doing going abroad mm. and that started this whole idea of like okay maybe i could also go mm. um yeah but the, to answer your question i i graduated i worked with lnt for 6 months mm. um but that was mostly with the idea already in my mind that i wanted to leave okay yeah okay <clears throat> and so then uh, where did you do your masters from so i came to berlin uh, to esmt berlin which is a european school of management and technology all right it's a and- private university And so how does the process look like so when you have to if you want to come like I know a lot of people who come for technical courses to for example Germany which is like a pretty common I think mm-hmm. but for management courses it's a little uncommon would you would you agree or do you think it's not the same this No no absolutely I think it's very uncommon but also for Germans so when I came here to do my MBA not only did in terms of application and in terms of getting in mm. the process was straightforward right like you do as you would do to a university in the US like do you have to give an exam or something or wh- what you what's typically the gmat so typically ah, okay. always you give your gmat you hmm. submit your scores and then you submit your mark sheets stuff like that okay yeah. and then they basically scrutinize your whole history and then they decide if they want to take you as a student yeah and then you have a personal interview where they interview if you are certain kind of student hmm. one thing that was i was very lucky in was esmt was a very growing university at that point hmm. like right now it's one of the num- i think it's number one it's the top three masters or business universities in germany and in europe now oh, okay cool. and at that point it was still very new <laughs> so they were very cautious or they really wanted to play the card of diversity hmm. so what was uncommon with this is that when i got to my masters it was uh, we had three indians in our class and they had limited each nationality to a certain headcount oh okay so we had only i think we had 40 people in our class hmm. and 28 nationalities so wow. you had like very diverse very diverse of, okay yeah. okay and um the, how does the fee structure look like is it expensive to do a masters in business in germany so i would say if you're starting now i didn't know that public universities were free Uh, mm. in germany mm. so if you're studying now which i think every now more and more indians are realizing or across the world are realizing that public universities are free so you actually can do it cheaper than you would in india yeah yeah exactly and if you do a private one i think it still compares like i remember at that point uh i paid something like 25 to 35000 euros for the course mm. and then living in whatever right uh, yeah. was different and this was which year 2015 16 16 okay. i guess mm. but if i for example if i would have gotten into i uh, i am mm. i would have definitely done that like that upside is way higher or if you get into yeah. a wharton or like an ivy league in the us 
it's amazing like you would yeah yeah of course yeah. i mean i'm just googling it and 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 what i see it's like some information on google so it says that the top 3 iim fees for example ahmedabad bangalore and calcutta are having the highest which is like 23 lakh exactly so that's uh, so, it's quite cheap but uh, but then tell me how was it like how, how was the whole experience and then how did you eventually decide to get into crm okay so shortly what happened was uh, i did my mba or it was masters in management not mba mm. and uh, you do that uh, it was again a very practical uh, masters which mm. was amazing because we also had a thesis and practical again mm. uh, and this time it was very interesting because you had to do an internship uh, and get it on your own yeah so in germany one thing you always realize is that here you don't have campus placements or yes. anything like that yes right? that's you very different you have to do stuff yeah. on your own yeah yeah um, which honestly is is a better approach long term but mm. uh, so that's what i did and i got an internship very hardly one and i went to dhl mm. and then i did a thesis which was again with uh, with another company called hello fresh that's where i got my first job mm. uh so yeah the masters was great i think i totally recommend it mm. um and then uh then in my thesis in, which is in the last semester of the year mm. it's actually also a good way to build contacts with your uh, with different companies mm. so since i was in berlin we had like an amazing startup environment yeah and at that point hello fresh was one that i was very interested in mm. so i basically approached them and i said uh, you know i have a thesis i am looking into this topic which mm. is marketing related mm. so it was really looking at subscription economy and how you can do better um in different sort of methodologies right like uh, what retains the customer the most yeah, what okay. product are people willing to pay for etc yeah so they agreed for me to be a thesis partner or mm. hello fresh to be a thesis partner mm. and that just moved into a job ah okay cool uh, yeah although that was a data analyst job and at that point uh, at some point i was like okay i don't want to do this uh, i started looking at job openings mm. and the only job opening was crm i honestly okay. had no idea what crm does mm. so i went into that <laughs> so you kind of uh, kind of stumbled on on this particular profession and then you eventually started liking it as well right that's why you made it your full time thing exactly so um for everybody who does not know how german um job market looks like i'm just giving us a, a short um summary so basically when you're doing your masters like whether technical or management that's what i'm getting from karan you will have to find your own internship which which means that you will basically be working with a with a firm with a company for a short time and typically if you're working well it just it it gets converted to a full time uh, position and uh, a lot of companies also do thesis which is like which is more common in i would say technical mm-hmm. spaces and there also you can kind of get industrial exposure like both of these are from a point of view of you getting an industrial exposure and then you eventually move to a full time position so it's not like you know you fresh out of college not not having any kind of exposure and start working directly that's not how it works it's more about you know step wise getting you into that industrial or let's say professional space so that you can actually start contributing once you are working as a full time person so i would just add to that also that internships are paid here right so yes. 
Germans don't give internships very quickly. Hmm. They are very selective in Yes. I I still have that list. I applied to 114 companies before I got my first internship. Really? Okay. Yeah, which was I think it's more hard than it should have been. <laughs> but uh but then eventually when I get in, like I think so people take their considerations very yeah. seriously and then they have to pay you so you're actually doing real work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I would say if if you're getting that kind of exposure and if you're getting the responsibility and if you're like really enjoying what you are doing then nothing can be better yeah. than in that space um all right so now introduce CRM like i am somebody who has no idea about it so how would you introduce what CRM is and how does your typical work day look like yeah so CRM in a nutshell is customer relationship management yeah okay so it was coined way before for b2b companies so for example if uh, i was a I was a company which was selling a software. Hmm. I would gather a list of people who were interested in this. I would do conferences etc. Hmm. get a list of people or leads and then I would shoot out an email to everyone saying, "Hey, I have this product. This this is how much you can pay." Yeah. And there was an entire qualification system that used to happen and then you used to get your customers. Hmm. So it was and then you would relate uh, you know you would maintain that relationship with hmm. a series of emails. Hmm. At some point this got automated. So hmm. you started se- sending automated emails. And this was the CRM that was before. Hmm. The CRM I entered was more about okay now you have an app on your phone. Hmm. The way the app communicates with you matters a lot if you decide to keep it or not, right? Yeah. Like if you have a a meditation app, hmm. you expect the meditation app to know when do you want to meditate, but also not bother you a lot hmm. uh, and provide you with the right maybe the next meditation session and you click on it and you are there right yeah okay all of this is crm so once a customer downloads the app mm. until they leave the app or delete so the is app, it like the it? whole experience that you have with a particular with a tool with a digital tool i would say yes exactly how is it associated to digital marketing is it like a umbrella like digital marketing is the umbrella and crm is like one part of it or is it like a, like two different worlds so it's a part of it everything is a part of digital marketing mm. <laughs> uh, but i think digital marketing has acquisition which is uh, basically related to getting customers or down getting more downloads to your mm. app right oh, okay. that's acquisition mm. then you have retention and engagement mm. which is crm so once a user okay. has downloaded what do you do with them how do you understand their data mm. all of that is crm mm. and then you have retargeting and stuff like that which mm. is also digital marketing mm. Okay so um like walk us through like one one day in your life and and you are a freelancer right but have you you've also worked with companies right yeah. as a as a CRM consultant so how how are the two job spaces different like as a freelancer and as a person who's working with a company how would your typical work day look like So I think uh, I'll start off with being in a company hmm. so when you're in a company uh, as with any other jobs right like you have sort of longer term projects so we have like an early goal mm. and you know what you want to do to get there and the goals are like for example how much retention you are able to make for that particular app or yes okay uh, similar like it can depend or vary greatly but mm. typically it's something to do with generating more revenue <laughs> right? yeah okay and mm. uh, so i think that's like the main kpi that you're targeting mm. and you have certain projects that can lead you there for example if you are selling food hmm. or you have a meal kit delivery company like hello fresh hmm. which is delivering food hmm. if i know that after vacations parents 
want to have this service more there are particular on seasons mm. i would have discounts right i would offer them discounts ah, okay so you strategize around how you can increase the revenue exactly for that bit okay and mm. it's a mix of a lot of things this is like a very simple straightforward thing mm. but then you have a bunch of different projects which are going on mm. and that's what you work on every day um typically can you, can you give like a few more examples around the, the projects? projects yeah uh, for example one of the projects was we were seeing in one of the companies that you had let's say 100 users downloaded an app mm. and in 3 days if you look at 3 days later mm. only 10 of them still had the app so oh, okay. a client would come to us or now me when i work as a freelancer mm. and they would say hey this is happening how can we make it better mm. so i would go in work with their for example data analysts or product team or mm. you know sometimes even design and copy teams mm. to understand what's happening there uh, maybe come up with some sort of you know brainstorm around what can improve this okay so i mean it could also include for example you suggesting that you know you need to change the interface of your app could be yeah as such okay hmm okay. and i think that's not now that's again uh, like the shadier part of crm so if you <laughs> go to like the job job crm a typical day would involve you working with these teams like data team or graphic design teams hmm. to understand what you want to send out next in terms of emails push notifications pop-ups hmm. whatever it might be hmm. but how do you want to who do you want to send it to you try to work with the tools to get that sort of ready and hmm. then you you know you're working on those parts mostly. okay okay and so um so this is how you would typically how your typical work day would look like with an organization when you're associated with it exactly uh, with a freelancing probably you'll also have to find out the find out who you like you are clients then yeah. right yeah yeah with freelancing it changes a lot i think uh, or with consulting in general it changes a lot mm. so if you're a consultant of course you're working with more than one company mm. so you need to understand what their their goals are and who their team members are or stakeholders are and it, i think there's a more people aspect to it mm. uh, you still do your crm work mm. um but there's more value attached to your your inputs but also you're you're dealing with more people i think and you are answerable to more people as well hmm. so i think that's like the newer part um in the consulting world hmm. and if you add on the freelancing work what gets added on is that you also now have to do some outreach and yeah, you know okay. go to clients hmm. try to sell them yourself or your services mm. uh, basically so i think that sort of adds another layer on top of that okay you'll have to walk us through like for example the challenges that you face and then what is it that you really like really like about freelancing especially in the crm areas for example so what i really like is that it's a niche uh, and it's a very it's a niche i don't think you can build your experience very quickly in so mm. it's it's something that if, for example if i said okay someone is doing really well as a crm freelancer mm. let me also get on to that train mm. of course you would go and work in a company to mm. do some crm but that is nowhere close to what i would do now because i have some consultancy experience so it would take a long time for someone to get into doing this mm. and it's also very relatively unknown niche so i think yeah. it also works in the that favor um what i like about it is it's constantly changing like you someone from the outside looks at crm and says it's just a push notification email whatever mm. but there's so much fun stuff that's happening right like mm. you see for example i don't know if you've noticed this but in google if someone comments on your on your page mm. you receive an email with that 
comment and now you can reply within the email right and ah, people okay. have noticed mm-hmm. that so that's a big transition that has happened in the email space now ah. imagine that if i'm a booking.com mm. i can build a email from which you can directly buy the flight you were looking at without going to booking.com yeah so there are all these really really cool technological yeah, changes so, that are happening that's yeah. so true i mean uh, like for me it's like something that that should happen you know like like a user i would i would say that you know you have to keep developing on stuff and and something that i would expect for example google to do yeah but for people who are actually doing it you know i mean it would be much more like you have to think about okay what the customer can want now you know what's the next thing that people would really want to have and exactly. that's so interesting for example so, a- apple released a, a method where you have this do not disturb and stuff like that right yeah and now it's getting harder and harder for people to reach more users Uh, hmm. you can always reach them on instagram which is again very crowded if you think about it yeah but then if they are in your app uh, you don't want to over communicate so there's also like a lot of these aspects of yeah. you know psychological aspects of what you want to say how you want to say it yeah. when do you want to say it sort of thing yeah yeah for sure and with all this gdpr and everything coming into picture it becomes even more complicated right exactly so that's yeah. another part right like mm-hmm. you uh, you can do all these tactics but at the same time you need to be aware of all the data behind it as well so yeah. you have to be sure that you're not misusing data you yeah. have to be sure you're not using any sensitive data etc so all of these aspects actually come into the play yeah so i mean it's it's much more broader than it looks at the at the front uh, side all right and so then the challenges what do you say are the challenges of this space of this space i don't know if there are any challenges to be honest i think it's very it's an open field like it's easy to understand like it's easy to understand and uh, you know start yeah. doing it mm. i think it's harder to sustain that to interest to stick to it then yeah, yeah. okay um, but i think the challenges of being a freelancer then is that you always have to um, be in your on your feet right like you have yeah. to uh, you have to keep running for the clients and i think you can never have enough you know i was talking to a freelancer as well mm. um, just a few weeks ago and uh, he was telling me that you never stop you know you think <laughs> that oh i'm going to take fridays off and i'm going to do a four day weekend a yeah. week with three days weekend i'm going to travel whenever i want i am my own boss <laughs> uh, whatever um and although all of that is true on paper you still do yeah. run around a lot and you still have a boss you know? i mean that's with any anything that's your own right you will you will put everything that you have for yeah. that to be successful so so obviously um that's very interesting actually i mean if you look at it so basically if you look at for example now let's say somebody who wants to get into the crm space what are the soft skills that you think a person i mean a person would kind of benefit from if they have those soft skills in them soft skills wise i think it's just stakeholder management like you need to be able to talk to a bunch of people who know better than you Uh, for for example i would talk to a graphic designer and i have to trust hmm. what they tell me is a good user experience okay i can come with my input so i think you are you should be able to talk to a lot of people hmm. and you should be a bit comfortable with having uncertainty or with by having by knowing that okay you can't know everything hmm. uh, but still trying to gather it in a structured way so that hmm. you can make the best so, yeah and so then If if for example I have to kind of pinpoint at one particular quality that you should definitely have to be to be you know do really well in the CRM space what would you say I I think you have to be um 
creative in a structured manner i think that's what you should be you know you <laughs> creative in a structured manner yeah. how does that look like like for example you have to come up with new ideas all the time you can't do what you have been doing all your life or even mm. the last month yeah. you have to keep learning new things and uh, figuring out how can we tweak something yeah. so you have to look for options but you can't be chaotic you yeah, can't okay. be like hey let's do 100 things you have to then also have the mindset to say okay i know 100 is my possibility yeah these are the top 3 things and here's why so okay. i think you need that transformation of lo- logic and structure like yeah and then one last thing that i want to uh, want you to focus a little more on is that you said that you are kind of okay dealing with uncertainties mm. can you can you spread like throw some light on how what made you that way or you know how do you um handle uncertainties and how you are so calm and composed around them uh, so i think so first of all i'm not very calm and composed when i have <laughs> a huge amount of uncertainty a few months ago when i didn't have any clients mm. uh, or any f- foreseeable clients and mm. then one that i had was a big name who cancelled okay. you know mm. i was freaking out a mm. lot uh, and i thought okay i'm just going to get back a job or something mm. the only thing that helps and now it's very easy for me to say about all those things because in retrospect everything was so predictable right mm. <laughs> um, but i think it's uh, mostly that i don't know gather more exp- uh, ideas like gather more people mm. who have done this before and mm. talk to them often enough okay. and i think if you do that mm. you very quickly realize that no one is doing anything special or no one is you know very highly motivated than you are or anything else. they don't yeah. have anything on you yeah it's just that uh, yeah just so be in that way sometimes if, if your space is very you'll have friends who are working at very good jobs mm. uh, i think it's same with every aspect of your life right mm. you see people getting married and you're like you know i'm not married <laughs> or whatever things yeah. like that and yeah. i think you have to remind yourself that okay you if you have examples of good people or people you can look up to mm. who are in the space that you want to be mm. just be around them see what they are doing how they are thinking about things mm. uh, when i talk to for example some experienced freelancers mm. and i tell them man i don't have a client for next month mm. they laugh and they say yeah yeah but you will get way more in 3 months so that gives you some comfort yeah. you know like okay yeah it's like somebody whose experience was faced those challenges is talking about it so obviously and try to think what not what they think about your problem mm. but how they dealt with it when they had this problem yeah. and i think that like the process is important rather than you know what your outcomes yeah. yeah all right karan it has been it has been wonderful talking to you thank you so much for sharing all your uh, experiences around crm and yourself awesome <laughs> really nice to talk to you have a nice day same bye bye <laughs> bye